Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Marketing Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about how to create more trust internally in your organizations and how to break down silos that often exist in organizations, especially between departments. I've seen this happen a lot in social media where the team kind of gets their head down and they're doing their good work and other departments are putting their heads down and doing good work and they don't necessarily talk or or share insights. And so I'm going to share with you two ways to overcome this problem. And really this benefits the company, but it really benefits the social media team or any team for that matter, who's trying to kind of socialize what they're talking about and ultimately get more buy-in later. Because a lot of times I see social media teams, especially, they have very limited resources, they have small teams, they need more buy-in. But when they go to have those conversations, the executive team, the managers, other departments, they don't necessarily know what the social team has been up to. You know, they might get a monthly report or a quarterly report from social media and, you know, how, how the brand's doing. However, that doesn't quite, you know, really help with buy-in. It can, but I've got a few ways I want to share with you that can really accelerate that process faster. Because a lot of times, you know, social teams, if you ask them, you know, hey, do you need more resources and and when, they'll say, "Uh, yeah, I need that now. So I'm going to share with you a few things on how to do that today. Before I dive in, I want to let you know I am a beekeeper. Some of you may know that. I've been a beekeeper with my wife for six years, and it's been a lot of fun. If you ever have questions about bees, let me know. It's something that we absolutely enjoy. We have two beehives in our backyard. Unfortunately, they did not make it through this winter, which is unfortunate. I'm super bummed about that, but we'll get new bees and uh, new colonies this spring. But I wanted to share kind of a fun fact about bees. And if you like bee facts, uh, let me know and I can start sharing them more on the podcast. Generally, when I share these facts, people people kind of dig them. So maybe I'll start sharing that more. But one fact is bees actually have two stomachs. One is for eating and they digest their honey or nectar, whatever they're eating and pollen uh, normally. And they absorb those nutrients just like we do. And then they have a second stomach. And this stomach is only for transporting nectar back to the hive. And what they do, and I don't know if you know this, and it might freak you out a little bit, but when you eat honey, that's actually regurgitated uh, nectar. Bees take it into their second stomach, and then they they sort of uh, cough it up <laughs> and store it in into the beehive and into the honeycomb. So it's a little little bee fact there, it's something uh, that you can share with uh, people you know that. Hey, did you know bees have two stomachs? Kind of fun. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's dive into today's topic on how we can create more trust internally. And it's kind of a two-step process. Each of the things that I'll share with you, uh, they, they work well by themselves, but they work better together. And you'll see what I mean by that. So I'm going to start with the first one that you should kick this process off with. And then the second one, we'll, we'll kind of piggyback it. So First thing I want to talk about is what I call a trust accelerator email. And this is a email that you send frequently to the business to inform them on what you're up to, what how the social media program is going, what other channels you're partnering with, what insights you're you're finding and and what you can share. 
The main thing here is you want it to be frequent enough, but not overbearing where people think, oh my gosh, if they send that email one more time, like I, I'm just so not interested. So what I found is the sweet spot is, is in terms of cadence and, and how, how often you're going to send this is bi-weekly. It's, it's often enough where people hear from you, but it's not too often where it's weekly that people are like overbearing. The other thing is you don't want it weekly either because that just creates a lot more work for you. And you really want each of these emails to be well-informed, you know, really put together in a nice way. A lot of people ask me, you know, what should the audience be of the Trust Accelerator email? The audience really, I mean, go as big as you can. Try to get as many people on on this email as possible. Now, there might be some departments that just flat out, you know, aren't interested and, and they'll inform you. I like to go big, you know, in the beginning. And then if you have people like, hey, you know, that's annoying. Stop sending us that. And maybe you can like bring them cupcakes or something and, and apologize. Uh, but, you know, the, the reason why I say go as big as possible is because you want as many people being informed as possible. Now, some people feel like this is a risk. They're like, well, Adam, I don't want everyone knowing what we're doing in social media because then I'm going to get all these questions and I'm going to get, you know, people asking me, well, hey, can we do this and let's do a viral video? And I totally get that. I totally, totally get that. If you approach this the right way, it's really sharing insights and it might even be, you know, where you can share process. I had one client ask me about this and they said, you know, we, we'd love to do this, but we just, we get so many people walking by our desk or at the water cooler that are like, Hey, we should do this on social media. And they come up with all these ideas because everyone's an expert. And they said, honestly, it's, it's just super annoying. And we don't know if we want to do this email because it'll just maybe uh, increase that. And I said, well, in that email, you can share a little bit about your process. Say, hey, if you've got great ideas, awesome. Here's the process for that, right? And here's the documented strategy for you know, what we're doing. That way it constantly informs people. So it'll actually decrease the amount of people that, that walk up and, and are trying to ask you to do things. So keep that in mind. You can use this you know, any way you want, but I would say go as biggest bigger the the bigger the audience the better and the approach for this email is it's not super long i like to keep it to three kind of main points and it's not just sharing even all the great stuff happening in social media you never know like there might be some things that aren't going so well and if you massage them and and communicate them the right way you know we can all learn together and say hey you know this campaign didn't perform as well as we'd liked but here's what we learned for, from it, and here's what other people can learn from it, and here's what we're going to do going forward. The other main thing here is you know, building out that outline, and what I like to do is in the introduction, I try to pretend like when I write this email and it's going out to the company, it's, you got to think about it as if someone's reading it for the first time because people are always being added to the company depending on how big the organization is. So try to be thoughtful of that. Um, you can have this somewhat canned for that introduction, something like, hey team, this is the social media insights review that we send out bi-weekly. This will give you a snapshot of what we're seeing in marketing and social media and help inform the business on key insights. Uh, this is about us you know, all learning together and not holding on to our insights that might be valuable to you. Uh, the other thing I like to do too is at the very end, I ask people to take a brief survey and I'll drop them over to a Google form. The reason why I say that, and I also include that in the introduction, I say, you know, please take the time to, to take the brief survey. 
The survey is so interesting and people actually will take it. And you don't have to incentivize with Starbucks gift cards or whatever you think. But, um, it, you know, people will take the survey and, and we'll talk more about the survey later. But in the introduction, you do want to mention that survey. There's a few ways to kind of cover these three points. I like to do two to three, maybe four sentences per each point. Again, you don't want this massively long, and you also want it visual. So it doesn't mean you have to do photos every time, like, oh, this photo did really well, here's why. Not necessarily that, but it might be a screenshot of a review or you know someone saying, hey, you know, customer service really took care of this customer and here's how the customer responded on Instagram. So, you know, one thing I like to do is these three main points, you can do a win, a takeaway and a highlight. Now, again, you know, starting off with a win is kind of a good way to do because you can say, hey, there's some things going well and and we need to appreciate that and, and, you know, talk about that. A takeaway may be something where it's like neutral or negative. Um, again, you don't want to throw a department under the bus and be like, oh my gosh, you know, this product fell apart and this person was really upset. We got to fix the product. That's, that's not what this is. It's more of, you know, what are things that we're, we're learning? What are, you know, how do we want to, uh, you know, address some things that we've been noticing, uh, from the consumer side. And then, you know, talking about, uh, another highlight, you know, or, or something that's, that's coming up. Um, it really, you just want to make this really the voice of the customer. And, that, and I've seen that report called that sometimes, and it, it works fairly well. Throughout these main points, you got these three main points. Uh, I really like to cover what other departments are doing and say, you know, hey, we partnered with sales on this, and they did such a great job, and we're really pumped about partnering with them. Or, you know, product uh, really did a great job on that last app release, and you know, a lot of good learnings from there. It was received well, or there was this issue and they really handled it quickly. And and we really appreciate that. You want to make it look like, which you already are. Most people do omni-channel marketing. They just don't really talk about it or or know it, but you really want to make it look like marketing is, is a good partner, a good business partner. So think about it that way. Think about highlighting, not just what you're doing in social media or marketing, but what other people are doing. So Lots of visuals, you know, show what what customers are saying. A lot of people, when you share this in the organization, a lot of people will respond immediately and they'll say, oh my gosh, like I had no idea this was happening or I didn't know that program was in place or that campaign was happening. This is such a great time to talk about everything that's right in front of you. And so often we just kind of skip over it or we don't think it's that big of a deal or it didn't really move the numbers. We need to share these little updates. We need to share these little successes because what will happen is when you sit down with executives or you sit down with, you know, top managers and say, hey, we need to invest more in social media or we need to get more people, more resources. As they see this email come through over and over, they, you know, you can infuse these needs over time and you kind of chip away. I don't believe you sit in a room with a really pretty PowerPoint with executives and say, okay, we need this and here's the data and here's the story and, and all of that. Yeah, that, that helps. And I've seen, you know, people buy in that way, but most often, you know, they might be like, well, we're not up for a budget review cycle for another six months, or we've got these other constraints or these other barriers. You need to be always on and always sharing these insights 
uh, with the organization. The other thing that I've seen this uh, work really well is as I've done this, other directors, other managers will come up to me and they'll say, you know, and it's funny because those water cooler talks go from, hey, we should be doing this viral video to, oh, that was really interesting. That actually helps my department, you know, and I told so-and-so about it. And I think there's, you know, a nice uh, connection we could do here. So I've really seen strong success from this. And as I've seen people implement it, they, they've loved it as well. So keep those things in mind of how you structure that outline. Then let's get to the survey. So I always do a survey at the end, simple Google form. And what I do in the survey is just ask them, you know, I try to get as much information, you know, name and what department they work for. But I'll take those three highlights that I shared in the email and I ask them to vote on which one was most impactful to their business. Um, what people do is they say, oh, yeah, that, that insight was very helpful to me. And then I allow them to ask a question or share a comment. And then that's kind of it. So I keep it very brief. And what's nice is over time, you can start to understand that data of these surveys of what are people really like you know, hearing about, what, what insights, what, what's helping them. And maybe you can have further conversations with those people and you know, say, hey, I saw that really helped you. Let's talk more about that. Why did it help you? Uh, let's, let's dig in deeper. And it's really taking a proactive approach. This is less about you know, waiting for that request to come in, but more of you know, what's, what's happening in other channels of the business you know, to uncover these things. Um, so that's you know, really what the survey is all about. But over time is what really makes that impactful. Okay, this is uh, the business trust accelerator email. So kind of the, the four things to take away from here is, you know, you, step one, you want to give it a name. This should be fun. You should think about, you know, is this the social insights wrap up or the, the weekly social buzz, whatever. Have, have a little fun with it. Uh, for me, I'd probably do something around buzz because I'm a beekeeper. Obviously, that's a natural fit. Uh, think about what kind of personal brand you have in the organization, what people know you for. You might have some fun there. Step two, draft your first email and really identify your audience. Again, I would go as big as possible. You may have to ask permission, but you know, send it to everybody. Send it to the 20,000 people and see what happens. <laughs> and then step three, you know, send it a few times. Really give this a few months. You don't want to just send it once or twice and be like, oh my gosh, that guy in the red glasses, Adam, he's a total quack. Uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Give this plenty of time. You know, people may have to see it a few times, you know, and they may not read it the first two times. They may be like, oh, I don't have time for that. But I'm telling you, out the gate that first month, you should see a really strong response. And then the fourth thing, make sure to stay consistent. Pick a date each week and try to stick within an hour or two of that same time. Consistency is what will show stakeholders and, and executives that, hey, you're, you're working to break down silos. You're working to collaborate and you've got the, you know, the, the gumption to be very uh, steady with this. I got to the point with one company I was working with that you know people would come up and be like, oh my gosh, it's Thursday afternoon, you know, Adam's email's coming out. I mean, people like started to look forward to it. So that's that's what it'll be like. Um, this is very similar to managing an editorial calendar. And not to add one more thing to your plate, but I hear the pain points of you know social media teams or marketing teams not getting the resources they want. 
This is something you can do always. You don't have to ask permission for this. Just start doing it and you'd be amazed at the results. Second thing I want to share with you is called social open office hours. And this is something I learned from my good friend, Ryan Amaral, who is just a great colleague of mine. We've uh, known each other over the years. And, you know, I was talking to him when I was at Cabela's and I said, you know, we're trying to teach people about what we do in social media but it's kind of hard. You know, we're, we're in separate satellite offices. Everyone has different views. Uh, we'll go and we'll present this big PowerPoint and it's kind of like crickets or we'll do a social media class and it's crickets. What, what do we do? I mean, you know, and, and he had experience with working with satellite offices and he says, you know, one thing we do at, and he was at Whole Foods at the time is they, do an open office hours. And so I call this social open office hours. And it's a way to gather people together in the organization in a very informal way to talk about marketing, to talk about social media. Couple rules here. There's no PowerPoint. There's no lectures. And I'm not kidding. You've got to make this approachable. You've got to make it so people feel like they can raise their hand and say, hey, I, I heard about this trend. You know, Is this something we're watching for? Now, the reason why... The trust accelerator email works so well with this is because let's say you're not ready for the open office hours. You don't want to open that can of worms. Do the trust accelerator email for like two months. Get some data, get some topics that people are voting on and saying, oh, that's really helpful to my business. Then you say, hey, we're going to have this open office hours. You're welcome to come. It's going to be an hour long. We're going to show some live examples. We're going to be available to answer questions. And, and just talk through, you know, have an open conversation about social media. The biggest thing that I, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, I think it's funny. You may not. Um, but I started bringing peanut butter M&Ms to the open office hours. And that's what people started to know uh, the open office hours for. And I said, and I would say it in the meeting invite. I would say no PowerPoints, no lectures, but I'm bringing peanut butter M&Ms. And it kind of became a thing. And uh, as, as we did more of these open office hours, people would say, you're bringing those peanut butter M&Ms, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, totally. And so have, have some fun with this as well. Again, the audience is going to be, you know, as you start to think about who you're going to invite, maybe it's a smaller audience at first and just say, you know, we're going to bring in a few folks from sales, human resources, and customer service. Um, we just want to get a pulse on, on what people are thinking and what questions they have. You don't want the room so full that you know, you start to get uh, a little uh, crowded in there or everyone has questions and and you're overwhelmed and you're trying to answer everyone's questions. So maybe start small with this, but take that information from that accelerator email that you've been doing. Uh, The cadence for this is really, you know, up to you. I think monthly is way too frequent, but quarterly I think is, you know, feels pretty good. But the most frequent I would say... (sighs) It depends on your organization. It depends on how big it is, how you know social media is viewed, what the interest level is. Monthly might work, especially if you have a lot going on. There's a lot of you know questions happening, a lot of campaigns. We at Cabela's we did it. You know, well there was a few times we did it monthly actually because there was just so much interest and it had such a spotlight on uh, on us. So you know, we needed to have that information out there. But, you know, I had sat in front of audiences of two, 300, literally, I mean, massive department meetings and doing these PowerPoints. And, and then at the end, you do like two minutes of Q&A and it's just not enough time. And the things that we covered, we thought were important. 
and and they were, but you know, having that openness, that informal uh, approach is just so much better. It really uncovers so much more, and it allows people to come up and, and have the water cooler talk and ask about viral videos and and everything else. But you know, you really want to identify topics that you can cover you know, to get the discussion started. Again, go back to your accelerator email and say, hey, we're going to look at a, a insight that we had come out, you know, a month ago. It may feel like old news to you, but for people who aren't close to social, aren't close to marketing, they can say, oh, I didn't know that happened. Or yeah, I remember hearing something about that. You have to remember when you talk about your program and, and what's happening in social People aren't tied to it. They don't watch the Facebook page and Instagram and social insights close like you. So don't be afraid to share something maybe a little bit older uh, that you really had some good insights around and show how it ties back to the business. So that wraps up episode 24. This is talking about building trust and buy-in with your organization. You can use the Trust Accelerator email and you can you know, then kind of roll that into open office hours. This is about really breaking down those barriers, really breaking down those silos. I, I've done this. I've taught this. I believe in it. I've seen results from it. It makes you approachable. It makes it so it's not that you get more requests. As you identify what your request process is, it actually will, you know, bring in the right request because people understand really what your strategy is, really what works and, and what doesn't. Otherwise, you know, you, you wait for your biannual PowerPoint, you know, one hour presentation. There's just, it's not frequent enough. People have to hear from you more. And these are two really great ways to do that. I hope this helped you out. I hope uh, this is giving you some value in your business and helps break down those barriers and really takes that strong omni-channel approach at your organization because, I believe that is how people are successful. And as we build trust and really highlight what other people are doing, that is what is going to move the needle for the long term. This isn't a quick fix. This is stuff that takes investment and it takes time and patience. But if you stick with it, you're going to do awesome. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Trust Podcast. Again, this is Adam Buchanan with episode 24. Please rate and review. This really helps me on iTunes if this is providing value for you, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much.